On this episode of the Prime Podcast, I'll talk about the latest in the NBA playoffs. I'll discuss the NFL and reveal my new power rankings and finish up with the latest in the world of soccer. Friday, May 17th, latest edition of the Prime Podcast. As I come to you during the NBA playoffs, the conference finals, the Bucks lead the Raptors 1-0, the Warriors lead the Blazers 2-0, and as I watched that Warriors and Blazers game last night, I just cannot feel bad for the Portland Trail Blazers, who I am supporting in this series, but they had a 17-point lead and they blew it. I think if you blow a 17-point lead, then you deserve to lose. And that's exactly how I felt in the Houston Rockets series with the Golden State Warriors when Kevin Durant went down. Kevin Durant, obviously the best player on the Golden State Warriors. He goes down and the Houston Rockets cannot win the other game and they get bounced by the Golden State Warriors without Kevin Durant with Steph Curry not scoring in the first half and then coming back and scoring 33 in the second half that was just crazy and I can't feel bad for teams when they choke I don't know about you guys but I just can't feel bad for a team when they choke now the Warriors will probably win this series in five games if the Blazers just keep on playing like that but the other interesting thing about the conference finals is that the players in the conference finals come from mid-major little schools and what I saw and, and what I feel is like you don't necessarily have to come from a great school to be successful. Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time, he came from Davidson. Klay Thompson, obviously one of the best shooters as well. He came from Washington State. Damian Lillard, ice-cold player, ice-cold-blooded player. He's scoring buzzer beaters. He came from Weber State. CJ McCollum, the other player on the Trailblazers, phenomenal player. He came from Lehigh. Giannis, the Greek freak, probably the second best player in the league after Kevin Durant. He he came from Greece playing basketball. And, and Kawhi Leonard, probably the best two-way player in the league, came from San Diego State. Another player on the Toronto Raptors, Fred Van Vliet, came from Wichita State. You, you don't need all the glitz and all the glamour. You don't need the big school. In the end, hard work really wins. And I think these players embody that. And... As the playoffs end, we look forward to free agency and the draft. The Pelicans, New Orleans Pelicans, come out with the number one pick after only having a 6% chance at the number one pick. Now, that sucks for me as a Knicks fan because we didn't get number one. And I would have loved Zion in New York. I, I feel like he's just a phenomenal player. And if he was to play in New York, that would just been great. But... I hear a lot of people saying that Zion should go back to college. I I just don't get that. Why should he? You know, New Orleans is obviously not a big basketball market. When you think of New Orleans or the state of Louisiana, you think of the New Orleans Saints. You think of LSU football. But if I'm Zion and you tell me I'm giving you a great point guard in Drew Holiday, I'm giving you another great player in Julius Randle, I'm giving you a great head coach in Alvin Gentry, I'm giving you a great general manager to get talent on the team, David Griffin. I think Zion will just be fine. And also, you got to weigh in the shoe deals. You got to weigh in the endorsements. And you also got to weigh in the chance to play with his best friend, R.J. Barrett, because the Knicks are reportedly going to trade that number three pick for Anthony Davis. So if they were to select R.J. Barrett, they trade R.J. Barrett to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. Obviously, there'll be more things in the trade package, but... 
that would actually be perfect for Zion because it's somewhat of a Duke reunion getting him and RJ Barrett on the same team. So I don't think it's that bad of a situation that a lot of people make it out to be. But, you know, if you're the Knicks, though, it's not the end of the world. Obviously, we weren't happy not getting the number one pick. I know the fans were pissed off and so was I. But, you know, I think having the third overall pick is not that bad because you look at this draft, there's only about three great players. And Zion, John Morant, and RJ Barrett, you know, I, I think that's the top three players. And that's the top three players that people expect to have a great career in the NBA. But they're already rumored to trade the third pick for Anthony Davis. And we actually have a legit shot of getting Kyrie and KD, as crazy as that may sound. But, you know, everyone's quick to ride off the Kyrie and KD to, to the Knicks. But, you know, have you seen the Warriors without Kevin Durant? I think they're perfectly fine. They haven't lost a full game since Kevin Durant has been out. And Kevin Durant is the best player in the league, and he has a point to prove. And him being with the Warriors does not prove anything at all. All that proves is that he's a talented player playing with other talented players, playing with the best team in the league, the best roster in the league. And it doesn't show how good he is. And also for Kyrie Irving, I think the Celtics might be better off without him. And I think he wants to leave because you look at his interviews all season long, he has been frustrated. He called the coach out and he called multiple players out. And the record for the Celtics with Kyrie Irving is 28-19 and without him. They're 8-2, and two. so they have a better record without Kyrie Irving than with Kyrie Irving. And their assists per game up, their points per game up, their field goal percentage up when Kyrie Irving doesn't play. By the way, they made it to the conference finals last year without Kyrie Irving. And this year, they got bounced in the conference semis. So, you know, Kyrie may be out, and I think New York is a perfect market for him. It's the perfect market for Kevin Durant. I don't know if they'll be able to deal with the media but they're dealing with a great market. They'll be dealing with passionate fans and they'll be dealing with more opportunities for endorsement. And the hype of the city of New York, to me, it's just perfect for Kevin Durant and Kyrie. But, you know, if we get both of them, that's great. If we get one of them, that's good. But we obviously have to see what goes down in free agency. I mean, at the end of the day, Kyrie could stay with the Celtics. KD could stay with the Warriors. But I think it's really intriguing to see what they decide to do and there will be a lot of hype surrounding that but as a Knicks fan you'd have to hope that you get both or one of them to be playing in Knicks uniform next season. So let's shift gears to some football and the NFL draft was great. I thought Tennessee did a great job hosting the NFL draft. Kyler Murray went number one as we all imagine. The New York Giants drafted Daniel Jones at six. I mean, he was projected to be a late first rounder or an early second round pick. So I have no idea what the Giants were thinking. Now, if he's the quarterback for the future and he ends up being good, then fine. You could take him at six. But if this guy ends up being what we all think he will be, which is a backup quarterback or an below average starter in this league, then I don't know what the Giants were thinking taking him at number six. Dwayne Haskins who's obviously a better quarterback, looked better in college. I mean, he, he threw for 50 touchdowns at Ohio State. He was available, and they didn't take him. Josh Allen, a phenomenal pass rusher, one of the needs for the New York Giants. He was on the board, and they didn't take him. But, you know, they go ahead and they take Daniel Jones, but we'll see what he becomes in the NFL. I think they're still stuck 
onto Eli Manning, though. They just don't want to give him up. They want to keep Eli Manning as the quarterback. He obviously won two Super Bowls in New York. But, I mean, we, we'll see what happens with Daniel Jones and Eli Manning as they both compete for the starting job coming into this season. I thought the Patriots did a great job. And I also thought my Green Bay Packers did a great job in the NFL draft. I thought we nailed it in the draft, addressing some weaknesses on the team. So here's my post-draft, post-free agency NFL power rankings. Post-draft, post-free agency NFL power rankings, let's go. Number 10, the Cleveland Browns. Now the Cleveland Browns weren't included in my previous power rankings, but I thought they did a great job in the NFL draft getting Greedy Williams, who's a phenomenal coverage corner. He does really tackle, but he's great in coverage. And you add him next to Denzel Ward, I think that's a lethal secondary. They had a monster free agency as well. You get Sheldon Richardson, great defensive tackle. Olivier Vernon, formidable pass rusher. Odell Beckham, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Kareem Hunt, one of the best running backs in the league, even though he's going to be serving a six to eight game suspension. But I think they have one of the best rosters in the league and they could be formidable. And I think they'll make the playoffs. Cleveland Browns at 10. Number nine, the San Francisco 49ers. They also weren't included in my previous power rankings, but I think they had the best player in the entire draft in Nick Bosa. They drafted defense for the last three years in the first round. So I think their pass rush should be lethal. Jimmy Garoppolo comes back healthy and in his first five games with San Francisco he went 5-0. Kyle Shanahan who's the head coach he's a great offensive play caller and I think their offense will be one of the best in the league. Number nine the San Francisco 49ers. Number eight the Green Bay Packers my team. I thought they really addressed the defense and the offensive line in free agency as well as the draft. Those were two of the weaknesses for the last two years for the team. Aaron Rodgers comes back healthy and he himself said it that he was only 60% of his usual self last year and even with that we still saw some flashes from Aaron Rodgers and this year he'll be coming back 100% and in the offseason they've been raving about the new head coach Matt LaFleur and what the offense could potentially look like they haven't made the playoffs in two years but I think that's mainly in part of injuries I think they'll bounce back Packers at eight number seven the Kansas City Chiefs. As good as Patrick Mahomes is, I think he'll take a step back. Now that does not mean that Patrick Mahomes will be bad, but I just don't know if he's throwing 50 touchdowns without Tyreek Hill, who may never play football again. But I think they have a new defense and it'll take some time to adjust. I think the Chargers and Raiders will give them problems in that division because both the Chargers and Raiders have great offenses. So Kansas City Chiefs at number seven. Number six, the Dallas Cowboys. This is a team that won the division two out of the last three years. The defense really performed well last year and all the stars on defense are coming back. Now I thought they had an average draft, nothing to rave about, but best running back in a game check, quarterback that could win your games check, offensive line check. I think they'll beat up on the Giants and the Redskins. That's already four wins. So Cowboys should make the playoffs. I don't know how far they'll necessarily go, but Cowboys at six. Number five, the LA Chargers. Now the Chargers have one of the best rushes in football. The secondary is no joke. Pass rush is no joke. And their offense is one of the best in the league and it's spearheaded by Rivers, Keenan Allen, 
and Melvin Gordon. But, you know, they addressed the offensive line in the draft and free agency. And I think they'll be a dark horse to win the Super Bowl come this season. Number five, the Chargers. And number four, the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz comes back healthy and there's no Nick Foles overshadowing him. I think their offense may be top three in the entire league. And they went out and added Deshaun Jackson, who's a great downfield threat for Carson Wentz. Now, the secondary is still the weakness on this team. But if you look at their division, they're facing quarterbacks that probably won't give them problems in the secondary. Dak Prescott does not have arm strength like that to be throwing the ball downfield. Eli Mann is obviously washed. And for the Redskins, we don't even know who their quarterback will be. I think the Eagles will win the division and I think they'll compete for the NFC title. So Eagles at four. Number three, the Indianapolis Colts. A lot of people thought I had the Colts too high in the last prior rankings, but surprise, they're even higher now. Look, I believe in this team. And last year they went on an insane run going nine and one after quarterback check, new receivers check, offensive line check. They address the secondary check. So the Colts are big time, man. They're well coached. They have players that fit into their system and they'll beat up on their division. So Colts at three. Number two, the LA Rams. Now they're down one spot from the previous rankings because I don't think they had a great draft, but they still have elite talent all over the field. The questions that I have is if someone gets injured though, do they have depth on the roster? And I think the answer is no, but Sean McVay calling plays, Jared Goff at quarterback, Todd Gurley running things, Aaron Donald wreaking havoc in the defensive end. I still feel like the Rams are a formidable team and they will compete for the Super Bowl again. So Rams are number two. Number one, the New England Patriots. Now I moved them up because they had a great draft and I'd be a fool to counter the New England Patriots who have been dominating the NFL for about the last 20 years or so. Now they don't have a defensive coordinator, but I think Bill Belichick will take over on that end. And I also think that they added some great under the radar players. They added Demarius Thomas, they added Austin Seferian Jenkins, they added Benjamin Watson, they added Chase Winovich in the draft. Look, as much as we feel like the dynasty has to end at some point, as long as this team has Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, let's not count them out because they've proven to us over the last years, you know, a bunch of years, year after year, the Patriots have proven to us that they're the best team in football. So the Patriots are number one. So let's finish up with some soccer. The Premier League is over and it was a great final day for the Premier League last weekend. Great goals, great games, hype surrounding it because of the city and Liverpool, who will be number one and number two type of thing. Uh, Manchester City ends up winning the league. That's their second consecutive title. Congrats to them. Um, I think they're a well-coached team by Pep Guardiola. This is one of the best coaches in the entire world for soccer. And they play a system that's really hard to defend. They really knock the ball around quick and they could get goals quick, fast, and in a hurry. But, you know, I thought Liverpool would have ended up winning the league because they had an easier strength of schedule when you compare it to Manchester City's. But I think they tied up a couple games, which really hurt them. I think they had injuries down the line, which really haunted them. And I think them going further in the you know Champions League, they probably worried more about that than winning the league itself. But Liverpool will be in the Champions League finals against the Spurs. I think if they could win 
then it would compensate for them coming in second in the Premier League and actually hope they win because I'm an Arsenal fan and yeah, we don't like Spurs, blah, blah, blah. But for Arsenal, we failed to make the Champions League once again, but we are in the Europa League and if we could win that, then we get a chance to go into the Champions League and I hope that happens. But, you know, the season in the Premier League for Arsenal was not great at all. This summer, we don't have enough money on the budget to buy high-caliber players. And we really need to address that subpar defense. They gave up way too many goals. And by the way, Aaron Ramsey, one of my favorite players, he's gone. He's going to be going to Juventus. He has been one of my favorite players since he came to Arsenal. And when players like that leave the club, it's always an emotional type of feeling. Robin Van Persie was great. He was one of my favorite players. He left. That was emotional. Nasri left. He's a French player. Great guy. I liked him at Arsenal. He left. That was emotional. Alexis Sanchez left. And I don't really care that he left because I wasn't a huge fan. But it was emotional for some of the fans. But Ramsey, Aaron Ramsey leaving, that really hits hard. He's one of the Arsenal greats. And I wish him the best of luck in Juventus. So this concludes this episode of the Prime Podcast. I look forward to recording more episodes this summer as I have more time. Free agency is going to come around. We look forward to the NBA Finals. We look forward to the Champions League Finals, the Europa League Finals, and the NBA Free Agency. Thanks for listening. Peace.